Hello, everyone, and welcome to Renee's podcast. Thank you to everybody that's listening and everybody that continues to listen on. Man, it's been a little while. Um, I want to say maybe two weeks since I posted my last episode. I've had so much going on. Um, unfortunately, nothing, nothing very positive. Um, I try to, you know, make it as positive as I possibly can, but. Um, just a lot, a lot happening. Uh, you know, every day we have something new. Hopefully sometimes it's something better than what the day was before. And sometimes it just happens that it's not. I figured that for this episode, since I really haven't updated on a lot of GBS related things lately, that I would kind of dive into that. I do have some unfortunate news, um, doctors, which is disappointing. And I'm still actually trying to work through it and figure out what to do from here. So I really wanted to share that with you guys. And then as well as any comments you have or suggestions really of, you know, what you would do in my situation, or if you've had something like this happen to you as well. I'm I'm sure a lot of people have. It just, I, I think being somebody that wasn't very involved in going to the doctor, you know, prior to GBS. It's like so shocking to me that people have been dealing with this for so long and people with like really crazy, horrible, like health conditions that are turned away or whatnot. It's just, it's really sad. It's sad to think that that's how things have been for a long time. You know, you don't really know until it happens to you, um, you know, that it exists. I mean, people don't go around and, you know, you say, hey, how you doing? And they're like, oh, I just got dropped from my doctor for no reason. And now I have no idea where I'm going to get my meds. You know, people aren't going to really talk about those type of things. It's very personal, uh, especially when it comes to medication. You know, people don't really like talking about that unless you're my family. Uh, My dad would basically give you a list of everything that he's taking. And then my sister would make sure to tell you what every single medication does. Uh, so yeah, you could spend hours, maybe like five to six hours just discussing the meds that my father has to take and then knowing exactly what they do from my sister. So where, you know, other people out there, they don't like to discuss that. It's private for people, especially a lot with like HIPAA and I feel like HIPAA really took over when COVID hit, which HIPAA, I mean, it's been around for a while. It's just sometimes I think... Never mind. I'm not even going to go there because I have a lot of things that I could say and I've been affected by HIPAA. So it's just, I don't have anything positive to say about it. But I, so the doctor that I've always been talking about, Dr. Gupta, that I was seeing out of New York City for procedures that I saw last October and I'm sorry, last September and October and um, had the procedures of the injections into my back. Uh, mainly it was a steroid. And then I think the other one was an epidural, I'm pretty sure. Sometimes he he would kind of like be all over the place. And like we would only talk once a month. And he's such a busy guy. So there were times I'm sure I didn't write down exactly what he said or whatnot. But, um, you know, I've always praised him. I still do. I think he is a fantastic doctor. And I just love that he is more than willing to go above and beyond, you know, to figure out what to do to help you. And he's also given me medication that actually allows me to function, you know, throughout the day and 
feel a little bit better as I go. I mean, I, I could tell you if I didn't have him from last year, like it's, it's, it's hard for me to remember not having him basically. And it's only been like an almost a year. I think I got him last July, maybe, maybe end of July. But um, anyway, for the not so great news, I... I I was actually trying to schedule a procedure for the end of this month. So this Monday, actually, holy cow. And I was calling and trying to figure out, you know, what was going on with my insurance. And because I found out like they were still sending bills to my husband's, um, his employer's um, health insurance. And I had switched over to Univera in February. So I, I've had multiple phone calls with him. I mean, I've had phone calls every month. It's usually the third uh, Wednesday of the month. And we would just kind of talk out things, you know, like how PT was going, if I needed any scripts and, you know, if I needed, excuse me, a PT script. And all of a sudden it was like shit hit the fan. They, I told them probably in January that my insurance was switching over because they were one of the first uh, organizations or doctors, whatever you want to call it, specialists, I guess, that I called to make sure that they accepted my insurance. And they said yes. And really, they were the only ones I cared about. I, I do love my primary doctor, but if I lost her, I wouldn't be that upset because I really don't get to see her that often. And her staff is just awful. So, you know, it's like, I don't, I didn't really care that much, even though I did ask them, you know, I did call them and find out and they said, yes, but you know, it was like, this was my first doctor, Dr. Gupta's office that I called to make sure, especially for the procedures, because I knew I wanted to get more than just two done. And the only reason that we stopped getting the procedures done last year was just because of money. It was so expensive, you know, just going to New York City for a long weekend. You know, you spend like 200 and some dollars a month, or a month, oh my gosh, I wish, 200 and some dollars a day to stay in like not the best of rooms. I mean, I'm not complaining or trying to be bougie here, but I mean, it wasn't like we were staying at a Hilton or we're in the middle of Times Square. You know, we were off the beaten path like in, um, I think, think it was like upper Manhattan they called it and I loved where we stayed it was great but it just still it was a ton of money we flew the last time because driving it just it seems like no matter what we do like because we have to go through Syracuse New York in order to get to New York City just like again guys I'm in Buffalo New York and New York City is eight hours away so just so you know because everybody seems to think like New York State is just New York City and New York City is like literally a little dot on the map for New York you know for the state of New York so it's a long drive for us I mean we're literally all the way on the other end by the Great Lakes so when we drove it, it always pours in Syracuse New York and it was awful like it was really scary like we I remember I was like terrified for my husband driving. He was nice enough to drive. And especially on the way back, like um, I I had to like lay flat and, you know, put like uh, a cooling bag on me and all this stuff. But anyway, so it, it was expensive. And, you know, so we chose to fly out the second time, which still was expensive, but much easier, much more convenient. You know, he wasn't stressed out with the drive and all that. So, you know, he was a very good drive in New York City. I will say that much. Um... But uh, so after all that, I find out that my doctor is telling me that they never knew I even switched insurance. And I'm like, wait a second. I, 
you were the first place I called and now you're telling me you didn't even know that I switched. And I go back and I find the emails that like I emailed to his secretary and said like, hey, you know, you do have my insurance card, right? The new one, I got replies, yeah, we're all set. And then like all of a sudden, you know, at beginning of June, they're like, we don't have it. What are you talking about? So I get this lady that calls me, which I'm guessing is maybe like his billing department or something. And she's demanding me to give her two grand over the phone. I first off, I don't even know the phone number. It doesn't come from his office. She's telling me her name is Yanni. And I'm like, okay, she texts me. So it was from like a personal phone and tells me that I need to send her all the information I can and then a credit card. I just was like, is this person really in billing? And they don't realize that like, nobody is going to give you their credit card over the phone. They'd rather go online and get hacked. Jesus, it was just like unbelievable. And so I emailed uh, my doctor last week and I didn't hear back from him maybe three or four days, which is unlike him. And, you know, I just said, I don't want to lose you. And, you know, come to find out is $350 every time that we talk to each other on the phone. And, you know, he just transferred me over to this Yanni person that I have no idea who she is. And she literally in the email says, like, do not call her. Do not help her with anything. Like, basically, she's just like, I don't give a shit about this human. I don't even care what her problem is and what she needs you for. If she doesn't give you money, we're not doing anything. So right then and there, it really, and I I understand, and I know a lot of people are like, well, duh, you know, everything's revolved around money. And, you know, I try to believe that it's not sometimes and that people really do have a good heart and they really do want to help you. And I do believe that Dr. Gupta still does, but at the end of the day, he still wants to get paid. So like, I always wonder like, how good of a heart do you have? Like if you weren't able to get paid, would you not talk to me? You know, would you, I mean, he's all right. I mean, it's not him saying it, but I mean, this person that works for him clearly is like the muscle and the one that's going to just come right out and be completely um, unempathetic and rude and just like demanding of a situation that like you would think like for his profession, being a physiatrist, you would know that a lot of people are on disability, so they're on a fixed income. Like, they don't know my situation at all. They have no clue. So, you know, for me, it's like, I now, yeah, I have to tell you guys about the job situation. Oh, my Lord. So it's been a hell of a week. Um, You know, now not having that extra income in that I was really looking forward to for the summer, I'm like, okay, I'm back to square one. I'm still back to where I need to rely on my disability money. And, you know, lo and behold, like, I I thank God, like, for some things that happened, like, I had my credit increased, and when I say that, not by much, but, you know, enough where I was able to, like, pay a little bit money towards my my cats, having all these problems, too. My gosh, I could go on and on about just all these crazy things happening, but, um, and I'm scared, because usually June and July are, like, my, or say, sorry, May, June, and July are my favorite months, and when things actually good happen to me. And August and September are the really bad months. So I'm like, oh boy, here we go. What's what's to come? But um anyway, it um it's it's sad. I'm I'm really upset because Dr. Gupta literally has been the only doctor that makes me feel like I matter. And so now for that to happen, it's been a real blow to the stomach. And um 
yeah, I don't know what to do. I, I'm not sure. It's very difficult for me to kind of start from square one again. Like it just it just seems like I'm constantly trying to find somebody willing to go above and beyond. And and not saying that he hasn't, but it, at the end of the day, like I said, it's about the money. Because if he keeps transferring me over to this person, he doesn't have to take the heat and take like the, oh, well, you know, I don't want to hear, you know, her beg and plead for me to be her doctor. She doesn't have money, you know, and it's like, he knows that he knows what I'm going through. So it, it is disappointing. But the other thing is I, it took about three weeks for my social security card to come in because the job that I uh, got that I was so happy because it was part time. Um, I will say there was a lot of negative to it. So I'm hoping that this is, uh, it happened for a reason type of thing. Um, I, there were a lot of red flags, lots of red flags. Like I, I even taking my own animal there. And I mean, we took our animals to this, that place. I, I'm sorry. I don't know if I mentioned on the last episode or not. I was working part-time for a vet clinic that also does like ER. Um, so they're open 24 seven. They're, they're always there. You know, you can run in if you have to, but let me tell you again with money, you better spend $140 right then and there, or they're going to give you your animal that is holding on to its last breath back to you. So that was really disturbing for me that, that made me sick to my stomach because I, I care about animals more than humans. And to just think that like this animal can't even tell you what's wrong. And all these people care about is like, give me cash, give me your card before they'll take care of it. It's just disgusting. So, um, yeah, so I, this is the first job that wanted three forms of identification because I got married, you know, guys, cause nobody gets married, I guess anymore. So when your name changes, that's odd for this company. Hmm? That was a lot of sarcasm out of my voice. And they, so basically when I first started, they wanted my driver's license and my birth certificate. So it was this big ta-da. I didn't know where my birth certificate was. My husband had to dig through a bunch of shit and he finally finds it. I'm like, oh, thank God we're good to go. So I go and give it to him. I think I worked two days at that point at the, um, the clinic. And the next day I'm told that I need another form of identification. And I'm just like, what? You know, and I'm like, what more do you mean? And they're like, oh, well, your birth certificate doesn't have the same last name as your driver's license. And it's like, okay. You know, I'm like, this is a first. I mean, it's been a while since I've had a job with GVS, you know, happening and all that stuff. But this was a little over the top. I'm like, so you guys want three forms of identification. Okay. So lo and behold, what do you know? I cannot find my social security card anywhere. I dug through so many old, like ratty old purses thinking maybe it fell out of my wallet at some point. No clue. Couldn't even tell you the last time I like had to use it. I, I would say it was in my hand in July or July. Oh, it was July, July of 2016 because we got married in, or no. 2017, sorry. We got married at the end of 2016. And I remember it took a few months for me to be able to go to the DMV. So, you know, I got my, my card and I honestly, I think that was the last time I ever had to show it. I never needed it for anything. So, you know, I had it, but I wanted to obviously get the name change and have the federal government know that I was married and all that. Well, I did a replacement card and it took about three and a half weeks for it to come in. 
Apparently that's my fault that the government takes its good old time. Lo and behold, the company decided to say that they needed to hire other people for the position, which funny enough is not true because they actually reposted the um, the job position and I found it because I got emailed once again that it was there. So they don't actually have anybody, but they're willing to wait and rehire me and do the entire process over, including an interview in four weeks from today. And uh, I just, I knew, I was like, I'm gonna end up getting it. The, it was, I was told Thursday of last week that, you know, this was the situation that they were, you know, gonna basically boot me out after I was literally in all of their systems. And I mean, I was taking transactions and the whole thing. And um, yeah, they just said no. And I was like, okay, well, my social security card is now gonna come in because they're telling me that I can't work. So of course I messaged the, um, well, was my boss at the time and said, hey, what do I do if it comes in? Cause it's going to, I know it is. It said it was in transit. So it's kind of like, hello. So um, I got it and yeah, I can't work. So I'm like at the point where I just kind of moved on. I have an interview today because I don't want to wait four weeks to go to a part-time job that I'm not even excited about to go into. Not that, you know, everybody's excited to go into their job, but I, I just like the first couple days, I didn't want to see animals coming in bleeding to death. And I also, you know, that was really the hardest, but the very close to first hardest of that was having to get up and down from a chair immediately if something dire happens. And I'm like, this is not a receptionist job. Like, I'm not just sitting there taking calls all day. You're cleaning rooms. You're taking the animals back. So if you have an animal that is going to drag your ass, I'm done. You know, and I tried talking to my boss about it when there was an emergency that came in. Almost everybody at the reception got up to go get the animal and I couldn't. I was the last person, like not sitting, standing there going, I don't know what to do. I couldn't take transactions at the time. I was like waiting on people just saying, sorry, give us a moment. Cause you know, there's a bleeding animal coming in the door and everybody standing at the front just doesn't care cause they want to be waited on. And you know, I'm like, I can't get up and run after an animal and try to help them. I mean, the one girl was carrying a 70 pound dog. I was like, I can't do that. You know, it's like, are you out of your mind? This is not just a receptionist job. And, you know, it was really, really disappointing. I was like very much so looking forward to working with animals. And I think I thought of it more being like, you know, being there for animals, comforting animals, um, making sure they're okay, where this place really, they focus on euthanization. And that really upset me because it was like, Oh, the animal came in with a broken leg, put it down. Oh, the animal's coughing, put it down. Like it just everything. And of course I ran into a few people that I hadn't seen in years. And, you know, they asked me about my job. I told them where I was and immediately they all had negative things to say, especially I will never take my animal there ever again. All they ever want to do is put animals down. So like, okay, this is a well-known thing. So Unfortunately, I I mean, I was really excited to get back to work, but I do think in my heart of hearts that it just was not meant to be because the job description for a $17 an hour job um, part-time was way totally false. 
I mean, there was some things that I just couldn't believe. And they were very, very aware of my disability. I don't know if I've said that or not, but you know, I did mention to my boss, like, I can't run up and do those type of things. Like I will fall on my face, you know, and I don't think they understood. As much as I tried to explain it, I really felt like I was talking to potheads all day. And of course I would hear people talking about weed all day. And I was like, oh, that's why they don't drug test. And pretty sure that my boss was also high the entire time when I was there. But you know, to each its own, do your thing. But like at the same time, like if you go through an interview process and somebody's telling you that you're disabled and, you know, gives you a whole, you know, explanation of what disability you have and how it affects you, please remember, you know, I don't want to have to explain it more than once. I, I don't, you know, it's not something that I want people to think of me as you know, when I walk in the door, but I also want it in the back of their head. Like, she can't do this. She's not being lazy. She just can't do it. So, you know, it, it sucks. It does. But, um, yeah. So that happened. Uh, Lord, there's just been, it feels like it's just been nonstop. Um, a lot of personal things going on. Nothing good. I, I will say that I've had, I've had some really dark, like, moments. A lot of dark head moments that... I'm not proud of. I always feel like I can work past them, which I mean, I have, but they're still happening. So it it sucks because I just, I feel very alone. I feel very um, by myself in the struggle. And it's not even the GBS struggle as much. It's, I mean, that's there. And I think anybody that's dealing with this knows that it's just something we deal with and we are so used to it that we just deal with it. We're in pain all day, every day. And it's like, that's a part of our day now. And there's really no way to change it. There's no medication. There's, there's just nothing that is going to make it so that it's totally gone. You know, there's, there's not even a medication you can take in for like, you know, three to four hours, you feel relief. At least for me, I, I don't, you know, I feel a little bit better, but I still have that moment where it's like, oh my gosh, my legs are so heavy. They're so horrible. So, you know, it's just, it stinks. And I mean, when I, I prefer to dark places and, you know, I, I want to be fully open and stuff. And anybody that is uncomfortable hearing or discussing anything um, when it comes to suicide, um, I just want to pre-warn you because I do want to discuss that. Um I have had suicidal thoughts and not where, you know, I'm really planning out the whole thing, but pretty close. And it's, it's terrifying. I never thought I'd be in that position in my life. I, I hope to have that never happen again. I hope to learn from it. I hope that, you know, when I do have kids that I will be able to see the signs at least I, I can say that um, my family is very aware. So this is where it's kind of scary for me because, you know, a lot of people, like you hear stories about people that commit suicide or, you know, or had suicidal thoughts and they never had anybody to go to or they didn't want to talk about it to people. And, you know, people kind of blame that um, on why, you know, they ended up either taking their life or thinking about taking their life or, you know, attempting. And... I've actually mentioned, um, you know, suicide to, I would say my sister more than once, definitely more than once, my father more than once, um, now my mother, um, I've mentioned it to my husband, 
I have mentioned it to my mother-in-law and I, there has never been any kind of support at all. There's never been a, are you okay? Um, I I would say my mother-in-law, I shouldn't put her in that category really at all, but you know, she's aware and I think she's just kind of like, doesn't know what to do. So she's just kind of letting it kind of like happen. If it happens, I don't know, but um, I've been very open with, you know, when I get to those dark minded places and I don't feel much help. I don't feel like I have somebody I can really go to that will help me or support me or protect me from those thoughts. And it's, it's very sad. You know, it's, it's one of those things that I think like, man, if I was ever gone, how would these people feel? And it's not a woe is me. It's not me trying to make people feel bad, but it's very frightening because if I was on the other side of the conversation and I was hearing that somebody was having that, which I have had a friend that has gone through that and I would check up on her every day. And until she started kind of pushing me away and not really addressing it, that's when I would give her space. But other than that, every day, you know, are you doing okay? Is everything all right? You know, do you want to talk? And I have never gotten that treatment. And it's just for me because when I hear something like that, I address it totally different. Like if I, if my husband ever came to me and said that he was having suicidal thoughts, I'd be by his side if he liked it or not. Like I'd be right there annoying the crap out of him. But it's just, you know, I I don't get the vice versa. And it's very sad. It's frightening because it's like, is this really the people that are supposed to care about me that they're just kind of like, oh, well, maybe she'll do it. We can't control it if she does it. And I know that sounds really sad and like terrible, but that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at in life. So it's really, and I I don't want to get too deep into that because we could really, really go down a rabbit hole of darkness. And I just really think it's about self-love. And I know I talked about this on one of my episodes and I just really hope that all of you and any of you that has had suicidal thoughts or just is sick and tired of dealing with this disease every day or they have family or loved ones that just feel, you know, it seems like they're pushing away from you or they're sick of dealing with, you know, your your disease. And, you know, that's, it's unfortunately, that's kind of where I come from. I really do feel like I just have a lot of people that are more like, eh, you're fine, you'll get better. You know, we don't have time for this. And it, it, it's very unfortunate, it is. And, you know, I'm not trying to blow up anybody's spot, but I'm just being honest. And, you know, if they don't like it, they don't like it. I I don't know what else to say. But anyway, if any of you are having anything like that, please always feel free to come to me. I I might not be a licensed therapist, counselor, psychologist, whatever you want to call it, but I'm, I'm here to be a listening ear. And that's the biggest reason why I have this podcast, because I just want to reach out to people and hopefully make their day a little bit better than what it was. Um, I know what it's like to just want to stay in bed all day and not talk to anybody, not be around anybody. And, you know, it, it's, it, it is a very lonely thing. Um, you know, I, I could say to you, like, okay, well, you know, I, I never worked out or I never got outside. I did all that. You know, I've done it. I, I've tried to you know, stay on a very strict, like, workout um, sessions and stuff during the day. I've tried to go outside, get vitamin D. 
Um, I've tried to do some hobbies and it just, it doesn't work. It, it doesn't feel like it's doing anything. The best thing to do is talk and, you know, really get it out. And again, if you have counselors or therapists that aren't doing it for you, either I would look to find somebody else or talk to me. There's Trapper. I mean, Trapper's another one. Trapper really is going through a lot. And I see it. You know, I follow him on Instagram and I, it, it really hurts sometimes the things that he posts. But he, in, in his situation, from what he's told me, and I apologize if I'm incorrect, but like, he has a very supportive wife and she is there for him at all given costs and has been there for him. So he even has support and he's still having those dark, depressing, upsetting thoughts. And it's just something you can't control. You know, it's like you have to kind of like get through it and move on and hope for a better day. Um, it's, it is, it's hard, it's rough, but just please keep in mind, like, that is why I'm here. That is why I'm doing this. I just, I really, it helps. Like I say, it's therapy for me to get a lot off my chest. And as well, I love knowing that people are listening and it makes me feel good that I'm, that I'm listened to. And I also want to listen to you. I want to know what's going on in people's lives. Even if you don't have GBS and you're just feeling down and just need somebody to have a chat with, I, I'm your girl. I got you. Um, I will do whatever I can to try to help your situation and be a listening ear. And for that, guys, I am going to end the episode because I'm going on 30 minutes. I know I gabbed a lot here and I've had a lot to say because so much has happened. And I'm sorry I don't have, um, you know, the best of news for you. But um, sometimes that's life. You know, you just got to keep going. And keep in mind, you know, if you're having those thoughts, just it's self-love. You are worth living another day. And you are strong. And even though you might feel weak, you are a strong person. There's other people that look at you and say, wow, that's one of the strongest people I've ever met. And you can believe it or not believe it, but I'm telling you that. I can tell anybody that is out there dealing with any kind of mental uh, loneliness, mental you know, depression, anxiety, GBS, CIDP, MS, cancer, um, heart disease, you know, anything, just, you always have somebody to talk to. Okay. All right, guys, I will be talking to you soon and I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and I hope there's lots of sunshine and lots of loved ones surviving around you. All right. Take care guys. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.